Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, everybody. This is Artie's Hey Fam. Enjoy your morning. This episode of Hey Fam is brought to you by listeners like you. That's right, fam. The Patreon Hey Fam family. How would you the Hey Fam Patreon fam? Or hey Pate. Hey Pate. Hey Pate. Hey Pate and Reed. That sounds like we're calling out someone called Peyton. That's fine. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> brought, brought to, do we, is it, was this one of the promises? We thank them. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Guess, did we? No. I don't think no. So. I don't not, think so. We're not thanking anyone, especially if your name's Peyton. It's <laughs> yeah. a dumb name. Listen up, Peyton. And make a better Ant Man sequel. Yeah. Definitely. Um, we launched a Patreon last week. patreoncom slash heyfam If you want to go check it out, it's it's, it's a lot of a lot of jokes in there. If you just want to read some jokes, it's like go if you've there, got read some jokes. If you got two minutes to kill, the bus will translate. But, Fire uh, up that URL and have a laugh. It's it's funny stuff. It's a it's a way for you to uh, support the show, so we can create more content for you. Pretty much every dollar that we earn from that is it's going, going towards, towards bonus yeah. episodes, mailing lists, videos, just us making more fam content for the fam. Look, it's a weird concept. We get money and then we do work. I've never heard of it operating on the global scale before, let alone a national or state um, scale. But you, look, I'm willing to go of it. Um, Working for money It's weird We've got like 30-ish people That have that have become patrons so oh, far Which is really a lot it, more than I thought Would happen in the first week It's so yeah. flattering It was so cool and As soon as it was announced Before we'd even recorded Last week's episode Saying it was announced We'd already hit a certain We'd already hit like 69 Like Hell yeah bro It was hilarious It was incredible We're about to pull the plug then And say well You know Thanks, we'll, guys. We'll, we'll get funny on this, but are we currently at 169? We're actually at 169 right now. That's way more funny. It's 100 times funnier. <laughs> Holy shit, 31 patrons. I was making. I was like, I'll just add a few to the 20 people that I think I've seen become patrons. 31. And look, no shit. It's been so fun. Uh, one of the, as you, you know, go to the website. You've heard last week's episode. You know all the uh, dope ass rewards and goals and stuff like that. But we uh, one of the goals was... Uh, the hot takes. Hot the ta- we, we $4 started- or more a month, you, we have access to a private Facebook group chat with... How many people in there now? We've got like 30 or so? 20, 20 something. something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it was just, it's just basically if you want an Elevens and Angus fresh hot take every single day. And you know what? We're giving out triple the content. It's been like several hot takes per hour It's sometimes. this awesome conversation. People that listen to the podcast that like the same shit we like. So if you listen yeah. to the podcast, it's a good place for you to hang out all day. And if you want an echo bullshit. chamber and you want to feel yeah, exactly. good about a lot of the decisions but you've made. Somehow it got out <laughs> that uh, a certain comedian from Melbourne, a I'd comedian say slash egg. one of the, yeah, post Archie, one of the most frequented guests on HeyFam. That's right. Um, Tommy Dasilo, it got back to him that we were, that he was getting talked about. How did it get back hey to him? Group. I don't know. I think, I think one of his friends. Oh, you know it. what? No, I saw it. It was on a Dum Dum Facebook p- club. Sorry, Dum Dum Club Facebook post. I think they were doing a post like, what are you doing right now? Or something like that. And someone was like, roasting Tommy Dasilo in the HeyFam chat or something like oh, that. Because so we got tagged in it. Oh, right. So I got a Facebook notification. Well, snitch slash like, you Appetized. know, bullied. <laughs> um, and so. On Saturday afternoon, <laughs> I got a little notification saying <laughs> Tommy Dasilo has p- pledged four dollars a month to your patron. Is it like when a dad comes along to school because his kid's getting picked on, and he is he being the dad, or? <laughs> and then immediately got a text saying, "Get me in there, cunt." <laughs> this is all true. I've seen it. Uh, he's been <laughs> invited. So. <laughs> Because he heard that we were roasting him in a Facebook group, Tommy Dassler now pays us $4 a week to be part of that group chat roast. Where he, I don't know if he was under the impression people's attitudes would change and it's like when, um, you know, the, 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 the suit comes along to after work drinks and everyone stops bitching about the boss. But if anything, it's inspired the creativity Just and all go- of our fans. 
And like at the end, and I hate this word, but it, it's it's like he's paying to get cucked, isn't it? Like he's <laughs> he's come to a group where everybody has such a little amount of respect for this person, <laughs> and they're dishing it out daily. Every time someone walks past anything to do with an egg, be it uh, the word, the, a physical representation of egg, it's straight to the group chat. You straight know, to the group chat. And tagging him in it. And you've gone to the um, duty of, uh, you know, trouble of changing his name to Egg. Yeah, you can, so you can, you you can add, add nicknames to everyone. But no one has a nickname in the group except Tommy. And he's, he's it's just so egg. demeaning. It's and he's best. loving it. And he's paying to be a part of he's it. He's even roasting himself. I swear. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's great. And I mean, look. Come be a part of this. It's $4. And this is like, you know... <laughs> it could, it could, it could get nasty down the line. It could get dark, but it, look, it, right now it's in its infancy, and you know what? It's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm spending the weekend uh, recording drops from Archie for all, all listeners that pledged like six or seven dollars a month. Don't worry, guys. I've checked the contracts. He's working it's specific happening. hours. It's and we've got uh, he's got sufficient lunch breaks and toilet breaks. We're going to organize a games night for everyone to play online against us and whoop our butts. Um, yeah, we're thinking Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is you know honorary first game to do this. So any Switch owners out there uh, who are Patreons who are paying to be part of the those games, I think it's seven or eight dollars a month. We're hitting it up really soon, maybe next week or a week after. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll be in touch over Patreon and and, and organize that. Lots of fun stuff. And then we've, we've hit a bunch of goals as well, which yeah. is awesome. Look, we're actually $31 away from reaching our $200 goal, which is we're going to write and record studio quality this time. Studio quality. The sequel to our Entourage script, which was debuted, performed only once. It's like one of those classic albums you hear about, which never got released properly, but we did it once in a live setting. We burned the master tape. Well, no, we didn't. You can still download it. Yeah, you can download our, our live episode uh, from two years ago. Yeah, I believe it ends on a cliffhanger. Thank God all involved are still alive. Um, hopefully, you know, Vince is still a character. We'll have to figure out how Louis McCurdy's going to send yeah, his lines. Yeah, Louis McCurdy moved to UK. I reckon we'll just get him to record him. Yeah. Completely out of context. Maybe he's just getting a massage the entire episode. <laughs> so he's just moaning the whole time. Like maybe he's getting, I reckon that's it. Vince, are you okay? He's just like, oh. What goals have we met just quickly? What, uh, we, what, what shit have we got to do now? Well, we've got to do the mailing list. Which yeah, was, mailing list. We got, we'll, we'll make sure that gets up by the end of the month. Yeah, we've got a mailing list. We have also snagged. Uh, oh, shit. Where is it? There Here is. we go. So, look, we, we thought it'd be a while to hit any of them. $50, we're launching the mailing list. Done. 100 we're going to go live. We might do that, you know, next week or the week we're after. We're going to do a live Q&A on Facebook. You guys, uh, you patrons get... Dibs on first dibbles on questions. Yep. So it's a live Q and A, and one fifty, which we've reached. We're oh, going to do fuck. monthly commentaries. Yes. So we're going to pick a. We're going to pick like maybe five movies, and you can. You decide. guys going to vote on them. We're going to stick it up on the Facebook page, I guess. Yep. Maybe, but you patrons get to decide which five movies it's between and Perfect. get first votes. I love it. Um, and yeah, we're thirty-one away from recording a sequel to the Entourage episode, which is heavy. So and there's more stuff over there. Head over to Patreon.com/slash/HeyFam. It's all shit that we really want to do. And, yeah, you know, just it means justifying taking the time off other work to do it. Yeah, so it's gonna be great. Patreon, it's good. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be you know, it's a carrot to our you know horse. Mmm, delicious. Speaking of carrots and horses. What's been going on this week? Oh, good segue. Well, someone might be listening to this during Melbourne Cup uh, time of the year. and In November. Know, in November. Someone might discover this and be like, oh, what a timely reference. Perfect. Or um, maybe they're just on the way to the Bucks party at um, Dapto, uh, you know, race course or something. Rose Hill. Yeah. Um, while we were recording our episode last week, we got quite emotional and earnest. Someone even said it was like the most emotional episode. And I think it was me, but maybe someone in the <laughs> group chat said it someone as well. Someone posted on our Facebook and said uh, it was very emotional. But we actually got an email to the HeyFamPodcast at gmail.com email address from... Uh, HeyFamPodcast at gmail.com. What did I say? No, yeah, I'm just I'm making sure that's oh, it, cool. isn't it? You're, yeah. being, you're being a parrot. Yeah. Um, Adam Wicker got in touch and said, Hey boys, real fam here. I've been listening weekly since episode one, Aww. which makes no sense because I don't read comic books, can't stand music, movies... The Dark Knight is okay, I guess. And my idea of a good video game time is playing NBA 2K on my X-Bone, well, Xbox One, every, once every six months. Not knowing what you guys are talking about half the time is a fine price to pay, though, to listen to a bromance blossoming before my ears on my bullshit traffic-filled Sydney commute. Serious, though, thanks for the 100-plus hours of feelings and lulls. I couldn't think of a more deserving duo for a $4 a month contribution. That's so great. P.S. More music talk, please. One of you is a DJ and the other works at a radio station. How the fuck is music not more of a discussion topic? Give us hot takes and more stories from the road. Cool. Cool. 
That's the last thing he said. He signs oh, up. With, just signs up with cool. I love that. That's a that's a good way to bold, sign bold off. Sign off. It's, so very, you, it's a positive sign off for a beautiful email. It's way better than a cheers. Cheers. I just think is you may as well put nothing there. Um, so music music update. We're currently in a sports bar, um, and they're just <laughs> pumping out Lenny Kravitz. Are you going to go my They've way? They've literally put on like. 50 barbecue songs to get your dicks up to or something. Yeah, I think this is the third Lenny Kravitz song that's come on since Out of we all got his in here. Songs. 20 minutes. Lenny Kravitz has got motherfucking Fly Away, hits, American Woman. They're, they're not his hits. Hey, um, that, that one. Fly if Away. If you want it, you got to believe. Yeah, yeah. I know that one. If you want it, you got it. You just got to believe. <laughs> then we all know the greatest hits, uh, Lenny's old fella popping out of <laughs> those leather dacks live on stage. That's a, that's a good Are you going to go my way? It's a dope song. Uh, not as good as... Um, uh, that really, um, it ain't over till it's over. I don't know that one. I went like, Lenny Kravitz, let's just say this, aged incredibly well. A dick especially. That dick is looking like, it's looking 16. It's looking 16, wait, 18. I think that's probably safe for number to go with. I, um, I, when I was in Paris, 21. I, I edited a falafel joint and proudly on the wall it says, Lenny Kravitz's favorite restaurant. You know what? I believe it. Me too. It seems like the type of thing Lenny would do. He'd take the time out. He'd unravel that huge scarf he was called wearing. He'd unravel that huge dick he was wearing. <laughs> He'd say, boy, you call that a falafel? Get it out on the table. Yeah, that, like you, that, that, uh, that, that dick is definitely a dick of someone who eats a lot of deep fried chickpeas. That is seriously the dick of somebody who takes care of themselves and is a fan of all things Mediterranean. Is this music, that's, our, that's our music update. <laughs> yeah, that's our music update. Lenny Kravitz's dick still looks wicked. Um, and I, I think it's pierced. Really? Yeah. He, he lannied himself. You know how I know it's pierced? Because you saw a picture of his well, dick coming out Well, the picture was out, out there. The best thing was, and I've got to say, what a class act. The way Lenny responded to the controversy of his dick popping out and being covered everywhere on, you know, Twitter, Facebook, news. It was, news, it was headlines. His was, daughter was talking about it on Twitter. His daughter was talking about it. Yeah. Dad, so embarrassing. Was He posted a screenshot of an iMessage convo between him and Steven Tyler. And Stephen Tyler was like, dude, I didn't know you had it pierced all this time. And it was just like, bro, he's just broing out. And I was like, wow. About their dicks. What a cool combo. Do you reckon Steve Tyler sent Lenny Kravitz a dick pic? Oh, immediately in, afterwards. In like unison. He's like, like me too. Strong, my brother. Yeah, he's like, you know, bats out. You know when... Uh, favorite, favorite Aerosmith song, Angus Go. Uh, the, the, the Titanic one. No, the Armageddon one. <laughs> I don't want to miss the thing. Yeah, it's a horrible song, but what a you, you know, know you don't know the good you don't know these these classic rock songs. Cherry one. What about um, Dream On? I don't really know. Aerosmith. I only know. Was in the Argo trailer. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a good song. I only know the um, Wayne's World canon. Oh right. Sure. Of uh, Aerosmith. Man, fam, we got to get Angus School in yeah, some classic. Yeah, I don't really rock. know. My dad was into like post punk, like in the eighties and stuff. So I heard a lot of like. New Order and Happy Mondays and stuff. So he was into like that, and so and my mum was as well. So I didn't. I missed a lot of like classic eighties dick rock, and I've only found out about it later when I was like fifteen and going back through big songs from that era. Like yeah, I didn't sure. know any like Bruce Springsteen or stuff like that. Like they were really into like you know cool. Like I know they're really, like blue. I just remember them playing New Order all the time and like Smashing Pumpkins early <laughs> really? stuff, like Gish and Siamese Dream and Nirvana. That's so funny. Yeah, and to like yeah yeah. What are you, your dad's an Uber driver now? Well, he's a school teacher, but by, he Uber drives in his side. spare time. Yeah. Do you reckon he like cranks out some classic rock albums? Well, one of the reviews he got recently, because he always uh, brags about his five-star reviews, <laughs> was great music chat taste, which wow. is interesting. Yeah. He was actually driving around someone the other day, like who manages like a quite a big Australian band and called me afterwards to be like, oh, I had to drive into playing at this small um, festival in Wollongong soon. And it was announced today. And I was ha- like, Howls, something in Howls. Yours and Owls. Yours and Owls. Yeah, yeah, and that's the name of a tiny little pub that used to exist there like five years ago. And now it's become this like crazy. And I was like, man, 16 years ago, I was listening to at the drive-in, like living there. That's fucking wild. Well, not even 16. I was 16. Now they're headlining a festival. Yeah, for, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. Wollongong, place to be. What an incredible music segment. Any fan from Wollongong, let us know. Um, by shining a light into the sky. Next time I go there, Morse code, I'll yep. read it and I will sign back in solidarity. I'll ask Stephen Tyler. I'll send you a dick pic of Stephen Tyler's dick. So, guess what, Angus? All I want to talk about again is video games. It's been, you know, a, it's a theme this year, isn't it? It's been charting our love of Nintendo, of love of Switch. You know what? Video games raised us to a degree. They uh, did. But before we get into it, <laughs> I want you to try and convince me to go see Alien Covenant this week. Look, do you really want to? I mean, should I see it so we can talk about it? Do you want it? Because you saw it this weekend. Did you enjoy it? Look, it was fine. I have a lot of reservations. Cool, I <laughs> That's what I mean. When I was like, do you, 
it still doesn't look. I'm going to give you a baseline review. Ridley Scott's still so obsessed with the backstory of these aliens, and every last few of his movies have been about like men and gods, not literally, but you know the idea of kings and normal men and men, and it's just you know this was it, it was a, it was far more Prometheus two than Alien. I didn't mind that, but I think we just need to we know now where the aliens from. It's literally like he's done two movies about midichlorians. Right, yeah, I don't give a shit about where the And At least in midichlorians' defense, it mentioned in two scenes in Phantom Madison, that's it. It's not like the whole movie isn't about, like, dicky scientists tracking midichlorians and people. Like, it's referenced once. I understand the backlash completely. However, I think if you look at it, the midichlorians showed how misguided and almost policed the Jedi had become by that stage and, like, relying on things like technical readings of rather than thinking with their heart and stuff, which, you know, they... Again, this has gone straight to Star Wars. You know, if they thought with their heart, and it could probably never have gone bad, you know? Yeah. So they just became quite dogmatic with reading things, getting blood samples. Like, that's not what Jedi is about. But these movies have been kind of like two movies about midichlorians without any real answers. Like, there's some great scenes in it. Danny McBride is incredible. Um, very encouraging. Powers in Space is a good vibe. Yeah, I mean, you know, 10 minutes in and he calls somebody sweet tits. And I'm just like, that's fantastic. That He calls his he, love he interest. He stood up and started applauding. Yeah, I was just like, shut up. He's given the Oscar now. Uh, yeah, Danny McBride was excellent. You know, some very cool moments. But it seems like Ridley wishes he was still doing the Blade Runner universe because at the end of the day, this is the second out of two alien movies he's made sequentially where it's about an evil android trying to destroy humans. And I'm like, that's Blade Runner. Like, aliens are not about that. Like, the aliens are taking a back seat. Like, right. Fassbenders, yeah, sure. robots, like the... Like the ma- and you're just kind of like... Yeah, it's fine, but it's also not the Alien movie. Call it Bad Robots and not the uh, production company owned by J.J. Abrams. So it's interesting. Like, there's some okay moments. Like, if anything, it was like a Jurassic Park movie. The aliens were more like, oh, cool, as opposed to I am scared of that thing on the screen. And by the time it ended, the pacing was so weird. I was expecting a third act. I was right. like, oh, it's over now. Right. Yeah. But he said he's making three more. What the fuck's wrong with this cunt? Well, he's dying. He's like 70-something now. He's like 79 or something. He's going to euthanize himself through Prometheus prequels. Yeah, it's so odd. It's so odd. What do you want from an Aliens movie? Uh, To be spooked. Be spooked by some spooky aliens. Spooked and some... Yeah, that's what I want. That was the first Alien film, you know? Worked well. Alien burst out of any tummies? Yeah, and backs and some cool... Like, look, that stuff's very cool and... There's some cool moments at some early design aliens, some neomorphs. They're like, I think albino aliens are walking all fours. Kind of cool, weird, gross, like not fully formed versions of aliens. That's pretty dope. But yeah, it just seems to be a lot of pandering. Like there was some very, it was cool to have, there was some straight space trucker moments in the film, which I really liked. Like you're finally like, cool, there's a crew of people who are just like doing a job and they're bickering and talking about stuff that they miss and songs they like. But it was just, I don't know. It was a bit of, it was like a bit too euthanized, a bit too clean. Right. It's a bummer. Yeah, parts so, were great, and it looks some of it looks spectacular. Yeah, because me going out and seeing a movie very difficult. Yeah, you've really got to pick your battles here. Uh, so maybe don't 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 don't. Yeah, wait for home entertainment. Time. Okay, but you know what? There are some parts that I think were great. I just th- at the at the time I was really into it. Uh, I think mainly due to some of the performances, but I think the more I think about the Alien franchise as a whole, and there's so many hits and misses. It's such a weird spotty franchise. You know, it's so high and lows. There's no like. And this might be just the first mediocre alien film, I think. Right. So there's peaks and trails, but this is like, oh, this is just a mediocre film. Yeah, it just wasn't scary. I think Ridley's now more scared. Maybe it's more about him now. He, the fear seems to be of like our children, you know, the robots, the artificial intelligence we're creating, then creating something, which in this case is like, you know, aliens. They've created the aliens and they're attacking us. And to him, that I think that's scary. But I'm like, yeah, let's not get philosophical. Let's just have, like, cool-ass jump scares and, you know, expendable crew members and stuff like that. It doesn't seem to be about that as much. Not much suspense. Yeah, like, you knew... Also, it runs that, you know, the prequel, you know, dilemma where you, you know how it's going to kind of end. You know certain things have to be around. Sure. And you know things have to end a certain way. Um, so you're not fully committed to, like, oh, my God, I wonder what's going to happen next. Well, okay, cool. Thank you for your review of a movie that I probably honest, will never see. It? Yeah, yeah. It was very honest. <laughs> um, if you thought differently, come join us in the HeyFam Hot Takes chat. Look, there are parts I loved, and let's talk about those parts that we, uh, we loved. Or if you loved the whole thing, I'd love to hear why. Are you a fan of alien movies or not? I don't know. Um, on to the main topic that I cannot wait to talk about. Balls. What happens no. when you combine 
Puyo Puyo and Tetris. They said it would never happen. That, for years we've waited for these two franchises to be jammed This is together. more monumental than the wall coming down, isn't it? This is like... This is like a game that I never thought I would be into. It is a, uh, a puzzle game that uh, Sega have put out, an arcade puzzler. Uh, that, that combines Tetris. And don't worry, you guys going, oh, fuck, they're talking about Nintendo Switch again. This is a game on every console at the moment. It's on and Xbox also, One. And also, even if you don't care about games, I feel like there's going to be enough weird takes from this next discussion that you're going to get a lot out of it. Yeah. We're going on a journey, guys. Are you ready? Uh, do you like Japanese shit, Angus? I would say my Weibo, uh, ra- my, my Weibo detector is going off right now. You know when like things are just like like unapologetically, insanely Japanese? Like... Yeah, that's what this is. Like, it's a, it's a combination of, of Tetris, which is a game that I feel like every single person in the world knows how to play. Like the nation of Japan, unapologetically Japanese. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's a prime example. Um, and then uh, it also Sushi. includes <laughs> Puyo Puyo, which is a less known. Uh, it's a Sega game, similar a Sega falling shapes puzzle that you kind of stack colors instead of. Imagine your Tetraminos, but this time they have eyes. Exactly. Also, I learned that the, the, the Tetris box is called yeah Tetraminos from this from this I was game. A, I, I got deep on Tetris years ago, but I think we've already spoken about that. DS was my bitch. Your bitch? Well, Tetris DS was incredible. It was, the best it was your use- bitch. No, you know what? I was its bitch. Right. I, I used to. I got to a point where I started seeing everyday objects as tetraminos and was slotting things in without realizing it. Much like how you said you had a dream recently. I had a dream after playing. So I, I, I played the shit out of this demo. We played it last week before we recorded. And I was like, I played it at your house first, and I was like, this game sucks. I don't want to play this. And then I, I got the demo. Also, I think we were playing t- against each other using the tiny uh, Joy-Con and it was like kind of difficult and we were like oh I'm fucking up yeah but I um, I then downloaded the uh, the demo and Archie saw it on the Switch main mm. menu bright and colors. was like I, I want to play the Shapes game it looks very appealing doesn't and it and he didn't want me to play any other game so I played it for the demo for about an hour and by the end of the hour I was like oh I kind of getting the hang of this I really mm. like it and um, so it, it came out. The retail version of it, like, was like twenty dollars cheaper at Target than buying it online. So it's forty five bucks. It's like, guys, what are you doing? Like, if you want us to buy games, make the eShop game super cheap. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. You're not paying for packaging, shipping, distribution. But you know what? The um, the eShop, the store is cheaper than the PS4 store for a lot of the like Wonder Boy is cheaper on uh. Switch. Um, I wonder why. Tumble Seed's cheaper on Switch. I don't know. Is it some of the games aren't true 1080p, maybe? Maybe, possibly. Maybe that's why. Um, but, uh, yes, I bought, I bought this Puyo Puyo Tetris game, and uh, it, has, it has a story mode, like an adventure mode. I mean, kids, listen to this. It's not only are we living in the universe of shared, uh, you know, expanded universes, cinematic universes, now fucking shapes have a story mode. So, yeah, these the sh- origin we, story. we are getting a Tetris movie. Oh, my God, we are too, aren't like, we? Apparently, it's a franchise, but... There, so there are characters associated with the, the with Russian these games. dude that made it, or is it going to be like know. the Lego movie or the Emoji movie? I don't even know. Maybe bricks just falling from the sky, and it's up to Adam Sandler and Kevin Moore. You know what? That sounds good. Kevin yeah, James. Kevin James. And the small man from Game of Thrones. And um and Olaf from Frozen. That's right. And a weird um hot girl who for some reason will be hanging out with these guys. We've got to see pixels. No, that, that could be one of the ones commentary. that we do a commentary for. There we go. Add it to uh, the commentary list. But yeah, so th- there's th- these two stupid franchises that are about shapes falling from the sky have this legacy of characters apparently associated with them. Mm, I had no and idea. this is about, like, basically the, the world in which Puyo Puyo is a thing gets invaded by shapes that start falling from the sky, so Tetraminos. That's and crazy. And then they get, the, then they start popping Puyo. And when you pop Puyo, it sometimes it transports you to another dimension. Of course. And they get sh- shot up into space where they're on board a spaceship run by the Tetris King. Uh, who, what does the Tetris King look like? Uh, like it's like purple motherfucker with white hair. And all the Tetris characters are named like... Um, Tetris something. No, it's like O-I-L, like all the, all the oil. shapes. Big oil. Is big oil behind all, Tetris? All the shapes that are like, you know, all the Tetris shapes look like, look like letters. Oh, of course. Yeah. So oh, all, all, the, all the characters' names, yeah, there's an S. Yeah. There's a, yeah. Oh wow! But it's like E S S. Make you think, AI. doesn't it? Yeah, pretty fun stuff. Wow! And uh, it's like a. Tw- AI? It's like a yeah AI. Yeah. Wow! It's like a uh, like a like a five minute cutscene between each round of like these characters interacting. It's bad. And this is like insane. Pokemon chat. Isn't it? just a picture of each of them in text? Is it? But, and, but all and fully recorded dialogue. Is it FMV like animation and stuff? Uh no, it's mostly oh, still images sure. and like um things flying at them. But it's all the all it's all full dialogue. That's record. insane. It's, and and like, it's it actually it's way better voice acting than when we got in Breath it's of the Wild. It's the story mode we deserve 
It's it's so crazy, and it is. And then on top of that, there's all these bizarre arcade modes. So you're sinking serious hours into this, aren't you? I'm going to play this as much as I've ever played. I reckon I'm easily going to do 100 hours in this game. You are hooked. Uh, absolutely hooked. And I what will even, happen? I didn't even know that the hold mechanic was a thing until I was showing you the game. Then yeah, and you I was me like, oh, use, use the hold one, which I you know used to use all the time. in um, when you when you were the bitch. the DS when I was uh, my DS lads bitch. Um, because you barely touched Mario, have you? Because of this, Mario, Mario Kart. Kart. Oh, I got Mario Kart, but, and, and, and we spoke about it last week. The battle mode stuff is is cool, but yeah. I, I don't like playing online against people I don't like. I, I, I always plus you get absolutely thrashed. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, the the beauty of of battle mode was always playing in the same room as yeah. someone block fort on N sixty four. And I've been doing a hell of a lot of that. Uh, Fortunately, a bunch of people I work with have um, switches, and we'll do like you know daily. Let's let's sit around and play. Or you know what, we've been uh, using mine just to play two player. But I hated. That you unlock all of the... Um, no, it comes unlocked. It's come... come yeah. I, I, I would have... I definitely would have sunk hours and hours into this if I had and to And again, we've spoken again. about that because you don't get much incentive except it unlocks mirror mode and you get a whole new gold Mario, which I'll never use. Looks trash. Who cares? Um, I think now it's like a status symbol. People will choose it when they want to show off. Yeah, know? totally. But... Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I acknowledge that it's an incredible game, but this... Tetris. Now that's new. No, but this this weird combo, this weird puzzle game. I haven't played like a fully fledged puzzle game like this in a long, long time, and it's it's, it's hooked well, me. It's hard so to good. get a triple A presentation, game. and Sega did it. Sega don't do anything right. And it's almost a- like these games have now taken a back seat, um, console device wise, uh, and heading to smartphones. You yeah, know? exactly. So it's weird to see a triple A experience. I think, but it shows what happens. With, I mean, those things don't have. Goddamn story mode. Basically, they've got their freemium. You've got to pay every ten exactly. minutes to keep and playing. This, this, this is this is crazy. The level of like polish on this game and the the weird extra modes. There's one called Big Bang mode, and it's this like pre like basically like the the shapes of the Tetris are falling from the from the top, and you've got to arrange them perfectly in all these blocks that are arranged below, and you just basically are wiping out like four blocks at a four That's rows a good at a time. Feeling. And it's like, have you ever played Pac-Man Championship Edition? No, DX? but I know it's something you're referencing a lot when it's you're saying... It's fucking awesome. It's like this crazy, fast version of Pac-Man where every time you go past a ghost... What did you play it on DS? On oh, PS3. PS3. <coughs> every time you go past a, a ghost... Oh, no, I do remember it, I think. The ghosts wake up and suddenly you've got like a trail of like 30 ghosts So you got to get a you. tab pill. Then you, then you get a, um, hit a, hit a power-up and you just turn backwards and, and you just chomp everyone. And, and the, this brilliant, like the, 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 the sound and the lights and yeah. the music change, it's so good. And I just like yeah, I, I realize I love arcade games. I mean, you know, that's where this, we started. And this is this pure pure Tetris is, is, where it is all started. It's a pure game, Angus. I've got to pick it up. Um, how much was it? Forty something. Forty five bucks from Target yeah, in, Sydney, so in Australia. If you can find it, provided it hasn't been sold out because of people like me telling everyone they know and love yeah. to go get it. I mean, that's wild. I've got to get it. I know um, an egg friend of ours has picked it up also because I just wouldn't shut up about it to him either. But uh, yeah, I mean. If you if you aren't someone that's a fan of the genre of a puzzle game, or if you like, you know, like if you want, I know because I know a lot of people are saying there aren't games, there aren't enough games on the on the Nintendo Switch. But really, what they're saying is, you know, uh, there's no Assassin's Creed, there's no yeah. FIFA, there's no, Call there's of no Duty. games that you can play on every other console. That's the whole point. When you're this going in, dickheads, this feels this is like a perfect game for the Switch. You can take it wherever you want. Yeah, you can pick it up and play it for ten minutes at a time, or you can play it for three hours instead of sleeping one night. That's great. Which I've done both many times. Yes. Um, Perfect parental mm. game. Perfect for just ruining your chances of having a good morning with your yeah. kids. Good, good. Hear that? If you hate your kids, this is the game and console for you. Um, so yeah, I mean that that, that's got, that got me thinking about you know last week we talked about three months into sorry two months into the Switch's life yeah. comparing it to other consoles and then I started thinking about launch windows and how like has there ever really been a console that launched with like games that you kind of define that define your that your experience with that console because so, it, it's easy to look back and think you had a launch title but then you realize oh i bought a game console two years into its cycle and it was not a launch title exactly and then we look back you know what all it takes is a google like what did the playstation 4 launch with and you're like oh they're they're, they're not games that anyone talks about at yeah, all totally. ever yeah it's interesting and it's you know what we are nintendo apologists but it's just so interesting the level of scrutiny nintendo is held up against when they announce anything but you know the big boys uh, can launch with literally like turd version Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Four and it's fine. Turd version three was, was underrated. It was underrated. It was turd version four. Uh, not, not for me It was, you know this, They had a small development window So um, we got a little Facebook group going And I asked everybody um, To uh, think about All the consoles they've owned Owned in their lives And um, And think about the games That they purchased with them And did those games Define their experience With that console like, Or if they know, didn't What back. they did um, So uh, yeah I, I said like How far into each console's life Did you buy them what games did you buy alongside each console? And looking back, did that game define your time with that console at all? And you know what the best thing was about this? When you start thinking about songs, movies from that era, like you start thinking about where you were. And games to me are such a like time and a place thing. Like I can remember what music I was listening while I was playing these games. I can remember like what I was obsessed with. I can remember, you know, the emotional turmoil of being a teenager in some of the later ones. Angus got emotional filling out this little yeah, question. I had to message Levens and be like, oh man, I got really emotional. Like it, made, it unlocked, I don't know if I've been blocking out stuff for years, but it brought back some like real true memories, stuff that only happened a few years ago. I still remember. But man, this was the best thing ever. It was like going to a therapy session. Seriously. Because I've realized I had games, I'm 20, 32 now. I've had games since I was um, five, like a console in the house. Yeah. Big console man over here. So for me, this was like a huge activity and I left nothing out. Where, so whereas I um, never had video games growing up, we had a, like a, a shitty PC. It's when you're in that cult living was, out in the bush yeah. with, uh, what's his name? Julian Assange's cult. Yep, that's right. That's exactly what I was doing. Um, but no, we, we had a, uh, a PC and I could only play shareware games that were you'd buy for $2 from the, the $2 shop. Yes, that's right. Or remember you could get magazines where it'd be like, oh, there's 60 games. And you plug it in, they're all like shareware shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had that. We, we ended up getting a, a computer with a CD-ROM and internet access. Amazing. When I was in year eight. Oh, wow. I, no, later. Like year teenage nine, boy year getting a computer with internet access. Uh-oh. Um, but so I <laughs> Don't didn't, come in. <laughs> I didn't buy a console until I was out of school and, and, and on my own on my own bullshit, making my own money. Did you ever... Were you ever like envious of friends that had them? Or was it just something like... I used to always play them at friends' houses. I loved, always loved video games. I just never really played them much. So there was always like a treat in a way. Like you'd want to go to a friend's house and be like, let's play this game. Exactly. And yeah, yeah, sure. I was that kid. Um, so yeah, when I, I finally, bought, the first console I bought was a PS2. But I think let's start going through our lists. I want you to talk us through your childhood experience. So we're going to go in order. Okay. I reckon we're yeah, okay. yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah? So look, you, you jump in at the PS2 era, I guess, right? Yeah, so you're not going to hear from me for a while, everybody. It's trust guitar. Well, you know what? You can, I think you should jump in because uh, people want to hear you. Um, no, they don't. Uh, You're the popular one. No, not at all. Here we go. So I, it all kicked off for me, Christmas 1990. And I woke up Christmas morning with a, you know, a four by three box under the tree. And what was in it? A N- Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, I had no idea what it was. I can still kind of remember my parents looking at me and me saying, like, what is it? And they were like, oh, kids, it's because they're, they're primary school teachers. Like, mm. they taught kindergarten, I think. So with, uh, they were teaching kids my age. And... They were like, oh, you know, these are, uh, you plug it into the TV and you play games. And I, I don't know, I'd never really had the concept of games, you know, fed to me before or down my throat. Or they were, I didn't grow up in a house with them. I'd played a computer before. But I got, um, I mean, I got Super Mario Brothers and Konami's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the game, which was incredible. And when it goes down to history, like, people talk about Battletoads. This was a really hard game. This was a really hard game, and it kind of switched from... Um, and people do a, talk about Battletoads. People talk about Battletoads as a hard fucking game. 
um, you know, Turtles was great. Konami, a great developer. It was like top-down hub world where you actually had to walk around, but you could also like interact with the environment. It wasn't just like a Super Mario Brothers 3 hub world where you go left and right. Like, it was quite, you know, it was pretty good. There was hard bosses, but, you know, it all changed for me. It was Super Mario, and I still remember, like, just not really knowing what the console is, and back then, unless you read the instruction manual, you kind of didn't know what was going on, and I was a five-year-old, and I remember the day I'd gotten quite far in Super Mario Brothers, and if you think back to the NES, it's got like the little tray where you'd pop the cartridge in, or the game pack as it was called, and a power button you'd push in, and the reset button. Now, I remember I was going out to a movie or something with my dad, probably to see Hook or something, or Home Alone, I don't know, and I, th- I remember hitting reset, thinking it said rest, and I was putting it to sleep, Oh man! and I lost all this playthrough, <laughs> and I still remember that being like a brutal lesson growing up, but uh, man, I, I rented out a game a week, I reckon. For all those years, um, it's I was to think back when like video game rental was such a huge. That's all part I cared of, about. So I missed that completely. And I think I spoke about that when we were talking about uh, Wonder Boy recently. Like, I'd, what was great then is you know you go to a, you look at a game cover now. It's pretty apt representation of what you're going to get in the box. Like we're looking at those designs of like Teddy Boy and stuff, and you know you got no idea what the fuck this game is. Yep. It's awesome stylistic. Um, you know what? A, what a cool job being a graphic designer. That's like. Oh, he's pretty much a like low-powered, like eight pixels on the screen at once game. Try and make that look exciting. So I remember just getting lost in cover art and like, yeah, Wonder Boy came to mind, Altered Beast. But you know, Nintendo looked amazing. Legend of Zelda, I still remember just being this amazing gold. It looked so serious and so premium. This gold packaging with like shiny foil on it, yep. with like a shield and a key and a heart. And I was just like, this looks phenomenal. Like, what is this? And then taking it home, and I was like, this was a really hard game. I think I was six when I played The Legend of Zelda, and it was so hard. Like, it was so hard, and it's, or even then, like, it was quite primitive in its looks. Like, you had to kind of be like, oh, this is not like Mario. This is from the top down. And I remember liking uh, The Legend of Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, a lot more because it was a traditional side-scrolling right, no, aspect. Right, more sense to your brain. Yeah, and upon reflection, you know, that was probably, like, the first Majora Mask of the Zelda games. Like, it was this darker, weirder one that people don't celebrate as much, I guess. But, uh, yeah, the game that stood out for me, uh, Mario Brothers 3. I mean, what a game. Yeah, I think it was like the, the, the you know that's that, that that milked the nest to its limit limits. That was the game, and it was you know did what Nintendo did best. It was a game you could only buy on their console. It was built specifically around their controller, like what what you could do with it. And you know they made a fucking movie to advertise it. The the, the <laughs> wizard, yeah, with the warp whistle. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah the, like that's insane. He's got the warp whistle. That's insane. That movie was just about like owning the game. The, the power that's a, glove. That's a profoundly stupid movie. Have you, have you ever watched it? It's insane. Yeah. It's got like the dude from the Wonder Years and... And, and his brother has autism. Yeah. And, but he's really good at video games. So bizarre. I think we need... that. You know what? Put that on the commentary list. Okay, cool. All right, we got two. Uh, then, you know, it came the Game Gear in 92. So I, I thought what a fun thing to do though. So oh, you yeah. give your very rich experiences. And what you're doing then. And then I'll do the POV version. Okay. So I remember first playing a NES, we went to a family friend's house and they had... Duck Hunt Yeah And the Super Mario gun. Brothers Yeah the two for one game <laughs> And um, I remember um, Every single person all, Every adult in the room had a, gr- had a crack at Duck Hunt Of course they did And n- not one kid was allowed to play it Were it too violent? Was it like the Mortal no, Kombat No it was just like they, they were showing off their tech or whatever Yeah wow And then um, they, they put Duck Hunt away and put Mario on and then left the room. And then so me and the, 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 their kid. You're not allowed to play a game Mario. of uh, ducks, uh, shooting ducks with a cute dog, but play a game where you play a think, sh- yeah. an I Italian man. I think that the, the realistic hunting simulation game was for dad. Yeah. And then the. Uh, it yeah, makes sense. The, the Mario. Yeah, the, wow. the, the plumbing simulator. That's, was, that, that's for kids. Yeah, the plumbing simulator. Holy shit. Um, yes, yeah, so that's, that's like a member of the NES. Well, my next. I really wanted a Game Boy. I had a good friend of mine, Jack, uh, received a Game Boy's present and it was great but as you know the early Game Boy you couldn't see shit on it unless you like stood directly under light and I was given a Game Gear which I didn't really ask for either (laughs) my parents were just like so on the ball and they're like look it's it's superior to the Game Boy it's colour who wants a black and white thing but I was also like the Game Boy had all the games I wanted to play it had Mario it had Mario Land it had uh, six golden coins Mario Land 2 but I remember getting it it came with the first Sonic the Hedgehog which is essentially the you know, not the Mega Drive version, but it was like the Master System version. Oh, uh, yeah, sure, yep. And, I mean, this thing ran off a Master System. It was basically a Master System, which is pretty cool. Um, and I also got Columns, which we've spoken about before, which is like a Tetris clone, which is... Uh, Can't wait for Pio Pio Tetris Columns. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. And uh, Candy Crush Saga. <laughs> yeah, and it came with this thing, a TV tuner, so you could pop it in. 
and you could tune and watch TV live on it. Oh, which wow. Which was a huge thing. I, I thought it was the other way around that you could play the games on the TV. No, right? no, no. You could watch TV on it. That was a huge point when my parents wanted it. So I could, we had one TV in the house and it was right. like, so I could watch The Simpsons or whatever, you know, Couch Potato. That's or, so great. Yeah. And it was so hard to find. Video. Now, when I think of games that were like really defining on it, um, you know, one the, the the Mickey Illusion, uh, Castle of Illusion. Castle of Illusion. Great that was game. an incredible game. Yeah. So Sega had those amazing. Was it Capcom or uh, who was developing those? It was a Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a Japanese dev. Yeah, or was, either Capcom or Hudson. I think it was Capcom. We're probably both wrong as usual, but that's what you listen to this for. That was a defining game for me. It just looked amazing. It, the sound was great, and I could see. You know, it was a superior console to the Game Boy. I mean, the Game Boy is still the highest selling thing in the world. But it was cool and, you know, I had a Game Gear and then eventually Game Boys ended up looking like Game Gears. Yeah, exactly. Which was crazy, the GBA. Yeah, 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 it was wild. I remember the only game I ever played on... um, on on Game Gear was mm. like on on a, on a school excursion, like school camp or whatever. I borrowed a friend's Game Gear and played Echo the Dolphin. Oh yeah, I always wanted to play it. It seems like a really um, mature game when I was a kid. It never, it was yeah, it was. I never really re- like understood how to progress in it. I just ended up like kind of like was that again di- a dolphin simulator diving around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, then the next came next year. I got a SNES. I'm gonna yep. fly through these. Um, and I got Mario Paint. And look, this is a console I had for the, like a good four years now, which is probably the longest one I had at the time. And the SNES, I mean, I think it, I still think it might be my favorite console I ever owned. It's certainly got one of the best games libraries of any console. Totally. I mean, hey, all we need to talk about is Hook on SNES. We don't, we don't have to, believe you me. No, and Yoshi oh. Safari. Yeah, Yoshi Safari, uh, Warrior Woods, Mario was Missing. <laughs> All these great, terrible... You know what I was thinking? We should go through those terrible games Nintendo gave the license out for and uh, educational companies made. Mario is Missing, Mario which was like... Typing. Yeah, Mario is Missing is Carmen Sandiego and you're Luigi and you have to go like to Earth and look for Mario and like find out where the Coliseum is and shit. Yeah, It's terrible. so rank. I and mean, there's that, that weird one with all the doors, the hotel one. Yeah. Hotel Mario, I think it's Fucking called. Fucking hell, yeah. so dire. Um, Super Mario World was obviously defining, but you know what Star Wing was, as it was called? Uh, it wasn't Star Fox here... I found that game incredible and incredibly defining. NBA Jam was incredible. Yep. I think there's just such a strong suite of games. Um, Mario, what, Donkey Kong Country, I didn't own two or three because it was this era where you didn't have money because you were like eight. You got money on birthdays or whatever. You just lived without money. It was fucking pure. Take me back. Um, um, and you got money... Oh, you got a game each Christmas and birthday or something. So I remember like having a lot of just the sequel or the first and never having like full series of games. Um, Yoshi's Story or no Yoshi's Island was incredible yep I remember so I had uh, our next door neighbours had a SNES and they had yeah pretty much only Nintendo like Nintendo first party games so all the Donkey Kong countries they had um, and all the Mario what great parenting so what great that's like getting your kid to pick the set of Pixar films as they're growing up and you're just like so shut I, up and enjoy these classics I would, I would play a lot of that SNES and then, and then a mate had Yoshi's Island and I remember seeing that and being like holy shit this is the craziest looking game I've ever seen and I just remember seeing the SNES for the first time I had no idea it was coming it's probably a year into its cycle and I remember going to Kmart's or Target's as a kid and running straight to like the, the audio visual section to see what games were out and just stare at the boxes and behind the counter the SNES would have been released but as a kid, kind of impervious to press or like, you know, news cycles or reading magazines, I had no idea this console was out. And I remember seeing Mario on a dinosaur with a cape, and that blew my mind. And I remember going home and drawing it and became obsessed. I was like, how is he riding a dinosaur? Why has he got a cape on? And it just blew my mind. I thought this was, it, to me, that was the single coolest looking thing ever. This dude who used to like, you know, the coolest we got was that Tanuki suit. Uh, yeah. It wasn't even a suit, you know, he just had the ears and the tail in three. He got in a shoe at one point. Got a shoe at one point, but just to see him riding a dinosaur with its tongue eating things and, you know, it blew my mind. I had no idea what it was and it just looked incredible. It looked so colourful. Mario Kart's another game that comes to mind, but I think the SNES for me, I don't know. The controller had shoulder buttons, had four, like, buttons. It was out of this world. Great controller. It was so great. It looked beautiful too, and the console. Different coloured buttons as well. It just looked stunning. And then, uh, yeah, so next year I finally got a Game Boy. I got a Game Boy Pocket which uh, boosted, uh, you know, it had the backlight, which was a game changer. So I could play this in bed at night. And I got like Donkey Kong Land with that. And I was obsessed with Donkey Kong Country. And, you know, Rare really came to be a household name on the SNES, I think. And yeah, that to me was just, you know, a cool console. And obviously, I think Pokemon was probably the defining game on that. Yep. You know, you can link up with a friend and sit next to them and trade Pokemon. And you could trick the Game Boy and turn off one before the trade was complete. You'd both have it, which I did a lot. So I would always like, 
trade with people but never lose my Pokemon per right. se. Yeah, sure. Which didn't matter because it just mattered if you filled out the Pokedex, but I still had every Pokemon. I think that's how I got Mew or something on Mewtwo. I was the first kid in my high school to get 151 Pokemon, I remember. Yes, fam. Yeah, and then I quit Pokemon. I um, we Our family went to like a, a coastal um, like holiday every winter because oh, wow. it was cheap. Of course. Uh, I, get, I hear you. So you would, we would stay in a, be- a beach resort when it was fucking 10 degrees. Um, and uh, the first few years we went, I was a bit younger. And uh, I, we'd just hang out and do the kids club activity stuff all the time. And that was great. And uh, then I got older and like, you know, we're talking like hitting 10, 11, 12. Oh, yeah. Shit and starts I was changing. like, this is the most boring shit ever. Um, I want to go buy CDs and stuff like that. But um, I want to buy the Offspring album. One of the one of the families had a younger younger kid who had... A new Game Boy with Pokemon Red on it. Yeah, I had Red. And I finished Pokemon Red in a week. Were you loving it? I didn't get all the Pokemon, but I finished like, finish the game. Yeah. the game. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was incredible. Yeah, it was I great. Got, and it was one of those games that I'd never, I'd never played an RPG before. I didn't even know what they were. And uh, I just remember like, this being like... And, and because I was a bit older, Pokemon Craze wasn't really a thing at my school at all. Yeah. And um, so maybe I was probably considerably older than 10. I was probably like, yeah, like early teens. And uh, Yeah, I was year 7, so I was like 12... And yeah, I just yeah, I remember just being completely taken by how cool this game was, and like being so stoked at myself for being good at it, even though it was a kids' camp. Well, it's a hard game. You know, adults battle this shit. There's yeah, like yeah. tournaments. Um, yeah, another weird oversight. I didn't play Link to the Past at all on the SNES. I was like seven or eight, and to me that was just like a. It just looked like a harder game, which didn't appeal to me. Yep. I don't know why. I was into Mario World. Have you ever like, played it? Yeah, of course. Sick. It's a masterpiece. Um, so that's why it wasn't my defining game on that system. Link's Awakening, though, that's when I really... I think I was like year eight when I played Link's Awakening, and that just blew my mind. What so you, I've only just played that recently. It's a great game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's incredible. It's one of the best ones. Um, 64, I got in May 97. 64 uh, for me is the game that I played everywhere. Cause every, sorry, the console that I played everywhere because every single person that I was friends with in high school... The marketing for this a, machine was crazy. You know? Except me. The marketing was crazy. I remember there were ads all the time on television... Um, how, how long is Yoshi's tongue ad? Yeah, there's just like all these iconic commercials And maybe it's because, you know, upon reflection I was watching a lot more TV And they were, you know, meant to be while kids shows were on These commercials But um, Did you get it at launch? I got it about two months after launch yeah. What I'd done, my parents were like very big on me learning how the world works So they're like, look, you have to get rid of things sometimes If you need to make money or something And if you really want this Nintendo 64 before Christmas Which was probably going to be my Christmas gift that year you need to sell something like your Super Nintendo. And I was like, uh, I don't want to, I love it. So I unfortunately don't have my Super Nintendo, but what, I went to like a cash convert, it like a small like South Coast version, which was a privately run one. And the guy went bankrupt one night and took everyone's gear. So I got no money. So it wasn't like, it, like you took it there and they sold it from the store yeah, and, and then, then you, you got, got money. money for, it was like yeah, eBay. Wow. And they stole all the stuff and I was devastated. And Fuck. so to kind of console me, I got a really great school report. It was first year of year seven, first like mid first term or whatever yep. and I remember coming home one day and set up the TV was all unpacked everything Mario 64 and a Nintendo 64 and I was just like fam fuck me up that's I still think that's maybe I mean you could say that Breath of the Wild rivals it but for me that's the best launch game of all time is yeah. Mario 64 yeah I agree it was you know not to sound cynical it was built for that console it wasn't built for the Super Nintendo Yep, the controller was built just for that game essentially and the controller was never really used as well again since that game. You know, using those C buttons as cameras. and I mean, that's why it's called the C buttons. It was for camera. And like, man, that game is still blows my mind. So Lil, Lil Pov Jr. over here. Um, I uh, would go to people's like, sleepovers and parties and stuff like that. And we would play like multi, multiplayer, like four-player, F-Zero, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers. And then everyone would go to bed. And I'd play Mario 64 by myself. And Were I you like sound sleep. down? Uh, nah. <laughs> nah, listen to this, dickheads. <laughs> they were, everyone would just crash out from too much sugar. Also, what a great score. Like, you're doing them a favour. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, Be- beautiful best, music. Best score ever. Speaking of beautiful music, Smash, oh, Smash Mouth, Mouth Walking on the Sun just the came sun. out of the small Well, you know what? It's almost like it's synced up. That came out in 97, I think. Yeah, you're right. We're up to this era. In fact, the, um, the oh, 100. My, my mate, Robert Owens, who, uh, uh Oi, as he's called. Um, Shout-outs to Big Dick Owie. Uh, I used to play at his, his Nintendo 64 more than anyone else's in the world. And for his 1998 birthday, I got him the CD single of Walking on the Sun by Smash Mouth. I mean, if that's not a deal maker or breaker, I don't know what is. That's a bold <laughs> move. Um, defining game also, though, I've got to say, was obviously the Ocarina of Time, which, you know, 
I reckon so, did as much for modern gaming as Mario 64 did. So I never... We're still at a point... This is like 97. Yeah. I still have never played a Zelda game by this point in my life. I was obsessed with Ocarina, and that's what turned me on to the other ones. I'd played Link's Awakening, really liked it, but obviously being transported from top down, black and white to... You know, beautiful color, beautiful score, beautiful gameplay. Like, amazing. Lock, the lock-on feature is now basically in every single fucking game. Stunning. At this point, I was also playing Metal Gear Solid 1. I had an iMac, and I had a PS1 emulator on it, and I had a third-party controller, and I would borrowed a friend's version of Metal Gear Solid and was actually playing it on my iMac via emulation, but with an official game, which is whack, just because I couldn't afford a PlayStation or yeah, yeah. the concept of getting, like, a $300 console at Such 13. I hacked, yeah, I hacked. I hacked. We get it, you hack. Uh, next console for me was 2002, so my last year of high school, I got a PS2, and I don't know why, I think it was to play, I think it was a great, like, chatting with my parents. Oh, I've got to say, you know what else, one of the defining things I had on Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Camera and Printer. I loved that. I was taking it everywhere, taking these lo-fi shots, like, you know, it was like... Now that software basically comes free on the screen with a 3DS. Yeah. But I had so much fun with that. It was like the Mario Paint. You can make music. You could, like, record yourself. It was very cool. And I love those Nintendo games where, like, I spent... I reckon I sunk, like, 100-plus hours into Mario Paint. I remember just spending summer days, like, going to the beach and coming home and laying in my bed because you had a hard mouse pad and just drawing stuff and animating stuff and making music. Like, it was a really cool tool. And I think that's why my parents got me Mario Paint. Because I'm like, oh, at least it's not him, like, killing cunts. Yeah. Like, he's making cool songs and stuff. It was so dope. Um, PS2, that was, to me, I felt a bit... I love... I think PlayStation 2's a great console, but it was also, you know, had a lot of games, which means... It was kind of like the Wii. It had a lot of great games, but a lot of shit games as well. A lot of shit games. And it was just like, anyone could make a PS2 game, and so they did. I bought Tony Hawk 3 with it, because I think at the time it was the only game that kind of interested me. And I wanted to look cool. Like, I think I remember, even remember buying that to look good for people, which I, is sad. I remember, yeah, um, high school, whenever it came, like playing PS1, Tony Hawk 2. Yeah. And the soundtrack and I, I, playing it with friends to the point where I could tell you every single song on that soundtrack. Yeah, still. now there's like nights devoted to Tony Hawk soundtracks, you know? Yeah. Um, defining game for me was Metal Gear 2. I know people think 3 is a better game, but to me 2 was like the first Metal Gear game I'd actually owned. And that was insane. And just being obsessed with the lore. Like, I was 15 when I played Metal Gear Solid and that lore was so good. Just, like, I was the right age for it. And then to be faked out in that opening where you're not Snake and, like, you're playing the game as a completely new character was such a great fake out. And I've always, like, I've always loved when a creator fucks with you and I know it got shit feedback, but it was such a bold move. It was, like, such a cool killer move. That's amazing, yeah. And making Snake this character you're talking to for the whole game, this kind of elusive character. What a move. I mean, Kojima, come on. PS2, that means second player enters the fold the first console I ever bought PS2. myself my own money was a PS2 but before that um, I bought a Game Boy from a uh, op shop it was a Game Boy Micro oh, wow. the original I found op shop 20 micro. bucks that came is that GBA Micro? It's like the, it was a green one was it colour? no okay um, and uh, Game Boy Pocket Game Boy Pocket that's one Game Boy Pocket I got that and uh, it came with uh, it was an op shop 20 bucks got me that and I got me Mario Land it got me Tetris it got me like it was like the like starter kit. Yeah, the nineteen ninety four starter kit. All these games kit. that I played like hours of already on other people's Game Boys, and I remember getting um, uh, immediately getting um, going on eBay and getting uh, the Wario game. Um, oh the yeah, Wario, yeah, yeah, Wario World. Wario World, yeah, yeah, because I, I fucking loved that game and I never actually finished it, and so that was like that was like my most beloved game on on the Game Boy when I bought it. Yeah, that's just an amazing out of high game. School. The charge you could do, we just smash through brick walls. Oh, such a good game and incredible music on that one too. There was actually a really great, um, I think it was on Polygon. Um, looking back at all the Wario games, yeah, I mean, um, what a bizarre array of genres. Yeah, but I mean, specifically just looking at the platformers. Oh, sure. There was that one on Wii which was good, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, Shake Dimension. Yeah, is that awesome. good? Yeah, yeah that was good, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, so I finally bought a PS2 just out of high school because I, w- I, had, my, I had a good job. Was this pre or post-Shake Dimension? No, Joey, before you entered um, the Shake no Dimension. No one even knew what the Shake Dimension was, fam. Until you put on the purple overalls. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I went to a mate's place after work and um, we all got drunk and he pulled out PS2 and SingStar and Buzz, which was a quiz game. SingStar yeah, was a karaoke by game. Jason Donovan. That's right. And I was like, I man. I mean, it was localised for each country, wasn't it? I think Jason Donovan hosted it for Australia and Europe. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, but uh, it was this, like, these some, say, some people say like, Australia have no culture. But people say, like, you know, like the Wii kind of, you know, mainstreamed 
party games, but I 100% bought a PS2 because of mm. these this ridiculously fun party stuff that you were able to do. Buzz being this like dumb kind of broad quiz, and then there was a specific music quiz as well. Um, you had these like cool buzzes. I remember that. that. Used I never play. played it, but I did remember it. I worked at a video store in high school at the time, and I remember it being like every Friday someone would call up at like 3 p.m. and be like, put it aside, I'm coming in, and it was like weekend maker. There was this um, amazing mode where you, you, everyone had like three lives, so you could play eight-player Buzz. And, yeah, and right. So I always had like fucking ten friends over. We'd play so Singstar and Buzz all night and get drunk. Uh, my parents were just real cool about it. Just in, in, uh, down, downstairs at that house, just fucking singing Madonna songs and, and answering quiz questions. It's pretty wholesome hours. One of my friends broke his foot while we were playing Buzz. Oh, wow. Like, Did you have to go to the hospital? Uh, no, uh, my mum, who is a nurse, took a look at it and was like, you'll be fine. It's not broken. And, and it the was. Next, then the next day I got a text saying, hey, my foot's broken. Um, <laughs> I'm suing your mom. But there was this mode where um, everyone had like three lives. And one, when, if, you, um, if you answered a question correctly, you could then shoot one of the other, like basically like take a life off one of the other sure. players. And it was like this amazing thing where like you, you would either gang up on one person or like the, like the first person to, like, to kill someone, everyone would gang up on that person. Mm. But to the point where people wouldn't reveal who they were. And so it would just be like like this like random like you know player seven would shoot player two That's and crazy. everyone would just be silent because they didn't want to re- like the, the the like you know the tides to turn on to them let and everybody know who it was really really fun and weird gaming yeah wow and SingStar I think is like a, a really fun game we have uh, Lee Chan Lam who's been on the podcast loves uh, it still still plays SingStar yeah wow I didn't know it was a thing still um, I had it on Xbox three sixty. It's it came real, free yeah, with you it. had Rock Band too, huh? Yeah, yeah, I was into Rock Band a lot. Beatles Rock Band. Um, but uh, I thought, yeah, SingStar, like, it was just really, it was a really fun game because I could play it with my younger sisters. I could play it with my girlfriend, Alex, who was way better than all of us at singing, especially Madonna songs. Hey, um, the one uh, that got away. But uh, yeah, it was like, I don't know, it was, it was a really fun and inclusive kind of console for me when I first got it. Yeah, that's cool. And then uh, my... You know my, what, I still think the PS2, the original one, is such a beautiful looking console as well. Oh, it's a great The mini great version console. was like kind of like a bit toyish looking, but that uh, original one, the, the bold, you know, it looks like real brutalist architecture and like weird shades of like blue and black and it's just, it's dope. Um, um, yeah, so I mean, after that, I got the uh, I I'd bought like Vice City by the GTA oh, and more fan. Uh, that's all all I played on yeah. that console, which is I I played every single GTA three? game because there was there was GTA three Liberty, sorry, GTA three Vice City San Andreas Liberty City Stories and Vice City Stories all came out on PS two and I played them all. I remember um, getting GTA three and Vice City from England because I could. Uh, root people in it and I uh, remember paying premium to get them ordered in because I'm like I don't want my games restricted by the Australian government I really want to be able to play the first like GTA 1 and the 2 because I guys. played them on yeah. PC and I loved those yeah I remember playing them on PC um, um, so we're, we're up to, we're kind of we're up to the point now where we're in unison buying consoles one on one I'll go quickly should we, with should mine we say, let's save this you know what let's, let's save it so 2003 we're 15 years <laughs> ago yeah, we're an hour in. We'll do that. Yeah. That's a great idea. So yeah, next week we'll talk about... Player 2 has entered the game, literally. That's right. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll go through every console because now it's like you and I are pretty much day one. We're going to talk about iPhone games as well, I reckon. Okay. Let's, iPad games. Yeah, There's some fun. good shit on there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, you can find us online, facebook.com slash heyfampodcast or individually at Jimmy Changus, at LevDog on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you liked what you heard and thought, hey, I'll miss a coffee a day, uh, you know, for a month. Patreon.com slash podcast. These no. guys these guys did a great job. Is it slash HeyFam? This is HeyFam. Slash yeah. HeyFam. These guys did a great job commentating their life. I wonder yeah. what it would be like commentating a dumb movie. Yeah. Or I wonder what it would be like picking on a friend of theirs that I don't know. But, you know, gang bullying is such a fun, fun pastime. An incredible pastime. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll be that was back really next nice. Week. That was a very fun. It's like, it's like therapy, right? Yeah, it is. Um, Time and, and a place. Uh, enjoy your morning. <laughs> enjoy your morning. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Hey Fam. If you're not completely sick of my voice, why don't you go and check out one of my other podcasts? One of them is called The Mitchin, and is all about the Sydney food and bar scene. And the other one is called Serious Issues, and it's all about comic books. If you uh, get angry that Angus and I don't talk about comic books anymore, it's because all I do is talk about comic books at Serious Issues. So go there instead. Uh, you can find both of the podcasts on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for listening and for your support, and I'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.